what's happening guys and welcome back to another episode of Health and Hustle podcast with your host, online fitness coach Kyle Young and 9 to fiver David Saar. David, it kind of seems that we've taken a bit of an unofficial holiday uh, from the last couple of weeks. We've not had any episodes, but the reality is that's... Oh, exactly. That's exactly. And do you know what? We started this podcast to add value, um, but we all obviously want to work it around our lives as well. So no, we're definitely not regretting that at all. Um, so in this time period, myself and David have actually met up for the first time, obviously social distanced, um, but we have some really cool ideas for future episodes, both for guests and the platforms we're going to use. So hopefully going to um, maybe add some visuals in uh, and you can see our beautiful faces or my beautiful face is whatever way you want to look at it. Um, but obviously the main goal is to make a hundred million pounds uh, Spotify deal like Joe Rogan has and I'm assuming that's the main goal. Is that oh, right, that, that would be wonderful, yeah. <laughs> I suppose that's the, 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 in the low end, but it means we can retire, so it's not really too bad. But um, David, I don't know if you saw this, because I know we have a bit of a, maybe obsession you could call it, with Forex trading. And I saw something on the news the other day that they're going to be cutting down. We might actually have a dying species on our hands with Forex traders because there is, um, as our last guest, Richard Dixon, mentioned, there's a lot of kind of fake accounts out there that are um, taking a lot of money off of people. So they, they might be a bit of a, a dying species. Well, see, to be fair, it, it, it should be because I was actually, it comes up sponsored on my thing constantly. And I don't know if it's because like, as Google, Facebook and everything picks up your voices and what you're saying all these days, because we talk about it so frequently, it comes up sponsored on my Instagram constantly now. And do you know what? It should just be removed because there will be those uh, kind of fragile people in the house, like choking down some money quickly, diving in, giving all their money away for these pyramid schemes. So it's probably a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, do you know what? They probably lack a lot of integrity, but uh, we have spoken about a lot of people probably making a bit of money out of it, but probably most people losing out of it. But of course, this podcast is called Health and the Hustle, but the last four episodes have been talking about hustling. Uh, so we're going to move away from Rick Ross's Everyday We're Hustling, and we're going to actually bring it back to health this week. And today we are joined by nutrition coach Helen Wilkinson, or as her Instagram handle says, fitness foodie Wilco. Helen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. So, Helen, you? do you know what? I'm good. Excellent. Can I can I just plug this right away? I know you've you've said our Instagram thing already, but see when I started following you, um, Helen, your everyone needs to get on that account and start looking at the food that Helen's cooking up because it's unbelievable, unreal. I do try. <laughs> and at least I try do try and make it look vaguely, you know, tasty. I try. Well, see that that's <laughs> the thing, Helen, because you can make food like that tastes amazing, but actually making it presentable is probably where I struggle quite <laughs> dramatically. Actually, so I don't think anyone would ever want to see what my plate actually looks like, even though I do enjoy it. I know somebody quite asked me not so long ago and said, "Oh, do you so do you like plan your you know to to put it ready for Instagram? You, you know, you plan your your meal and then you're going to take pictures of it." I'm like, no, that's how my food looks. Pretty I much am. every time I make it, just because I like it to look nice, because I'm going to eat it. So, but no, very often it's off the cuff. I, I do it, and it, if it looks nice, I take a picture. And if it doesn't, I still take a picture, but it just may not find its way onto my feed. I really don't want to go off on a tangent here, but um, I've I've just taken on a new uh, 
fitness coach and he's been making a nutritional um, meal plan and stuff for, for my week. And one of my, one of my meals uh, is turkey mince, sweet potato and broccoli, right? Which I love, <laughs> right? It's so tasty. But see that all mashed together in a wee Tupperware. Yeah. Like uh, my missus' sister walked through the other day and she was like, what the hell is that? Just all yeah. mashed. It, it looks like a dog's dinner to be fair. But I was just going to say, it might look a little bit like dog food, but you know. There are ways around that though, like proper, like that to me is what I would class as like a proper bro meal, you know? That but, is, I would yeah, agree. I would agree with, yeah, would you kind of like say that's... Well, do you know what, I'm just... tasty. Yeah, I'm just concerned that uh, David tries to get more followers by posting his food online and he just gets un- <laughs> unfollowed as a result of it. I'll uh, tell you what, I definitely wouldn't be posting a picture of this. Nah, that's it, man. Uh, we'll pass on that one. But yeah, before we get into this episode, let's kind of set the scene. So as uh, probably all three of us actually know that the, the fitness industry in general has a lot of conflicting nutritional information about getting into shape, but probably specifically weight loss. There's so many things out there now, whether it be tablets, skinny jabs, or the, I mean, we could probably go on all day, but Today we wanted to bring it back to the basics of nutrition and provide our kind of young professional followers and listeners um, some interesting uh, tips. And obviously, we've got nutrition coach Helen to um, bounce off as well. So, Helen, to kick things off, um, tell us a wee bit about your own fitness journey, because um, obviously, I'm sure your followers and our listeners, if they jump onto your Instagram, will see you're in fantastic shape at the moment. But you, you were. You, you've obviously you're balancing a career in education at the moment, but you're also helping other people get into shape as well. So tell us all about your journey in general. Well, I I was a gym goer, kind of tail end of my uni days, um, but I kind of then my career took over basically for the last ten years. I've just literally been working, 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 um, probably because I wanted to. Um, I really wanted to further my career and move up in education. And I've kind of done that now. Um, however, when I was 30, um, my husband left and um, I decided that, man, I need to get out and walk the dog because no one else is here now to do it. So it became all right. How am I going to do this? I want to shed a few pounds. Right, I'll run with the dog. And I started running. Um, running then turned into lots of I did lots of half marathons and I really got big in, into trail running. Um, really enjoyed it. And I think that was because I was going out with the dog. I could take him with me. Um, some nice little adventures usually well pretty much always included a big picnic with me at the time um and um and then I I I did my knee in from all the running and I got runner's knee couldn't really tell you what it was but they said to me go to the gym build up your glutes build up your hamstrings you know build all that up build the strength up and your knee will be fine next half marathon I did me and the knee went so I was like I'm not sure this is the best idea I've ever had so I sacked off the running and then I just really loved the gym so then for the last kind of five years I've been gymming it um I had a PT and he's brilliant I still have contact with him he still does some of my um coaching now um but um I wasn't seeing any results I was going I'm spending nearly two hours after work every night and coming back feeling great really energized I'd done food tech and, and stuff, GCSE and A-level, and I thought I was kind of savvy with my food. I knew what, you know, healthy, clean food should be. The problem for me was I was eating far too much of it. Um, 
and I was like, I need to, I think that I'm not seeing any results from all this gym stuff I'm doing. So I need to really sort my nutrition out. So that's where it came in really then to kind of see an impact basically, because I just could not see anything that I was doing was paying off. Um, so yeah, I decided to do a course, which I'm still um, in the process of completing. And um, yeah, and then I started off coaching from that really, because I don't want people to have the experiences I had and make all the mistakes that I did in the last five years because it's kind of like no don't do it you know and being scared of eating th certain things or you know shouldn't eat that shouldn't have this and you know the mindset around food and all the kind of like you said some of the kind of false marketing claims that are out there over certain things it's just it personally makes me a bit cross um but um yeah so that's kind of where i how i've come to be where i am now i suppose and if you just said to me like four or five years ago you're going to do a couple of photo shoots i'd be like yeah right whatever um but it was for me it was something to work towards it was never something that i ever envisaged i'd ever do so they were just something that was just i did never wanted to step on stage so it was kind of that was kind of for me something to really really work towards do you know if you've I don't know if you've seen them, David, actually, but um Helen's photoshoot was fantastic. And see if you look at our progress photos, like incredible work. But you touched on a point there, Helen, that I think so many people fall into is that they just get so obsessed with fitness and they neglect their nutrition. And I don't mean neglect their nutrition because I think there's still a kind of stigma about eating healthy foods. And by healthy foods, I mean what they believe to be healthy and yeah. healthy foods uh, i think i mean you could get you could eat i don't know low calorie snacks all day or you could eat they're, they're just obviously got no nutrition in them but because they're branded as healthy then people think that they could probably eat as many as they want and i think it probably comes down to lack of knowledge mm. and your your kind of why for starting the coaching is very similar to myself actually you feel like you just want to share knowledge with people to yeah. help them not make the same mistakes as you made and I think that's yeah, just, definitely. I, I, we've been in that position like I mean I can talk for myself and I would never ever talk about your situation but my situation I was like I, I was chubby and I, I we spoke about it in the, the first podcast David rinsed me on the first podcast and made clear <laughs> that I was chubby actually in front of everyone uh, but yeah, yeah like but now I can now I can actually go back and go. Do you know what? I feel confident in my body. Like I'm probably one of the fittest I've been. Um, lockdowns had a, probably a really positive impact on me. I know it's had a, a kind of negative impact on other people, but I love to hear that you're using your story to help other people. I think that's good to hear. Yeah, and and I was like you. I mean, I, I was age 16 and I was pushing a size 16, so I was a lot bigger. Um, you know and a bit happy you know happily married life you know that as well i packed on a good few pounds um and i just you know it it, it, it I, I just really don't want people to feel that they can't i, I think I, my pictures as well i haven't got any from ages ago as in long long time ago um and i wish i had more i mean my parents probably have but i haven't because i was a bit late i was one of the later girls well people to get an iPhone you know I was very late to get in anything with a camera on it and <laughs> stuff like that so I haven't got loads of pictures of me um so it's um yeah I, I was definitely and and people that know me and some of the people I coach now have known me since I was a kid and I think it's because they go oh my god well, if Helen can do that I mean I remember what she was like when she was a teenager 
you know, and in her twenties, then, you know, she can get in that decent shape, then maybe, you know, maybe I can too. And I think that's where I think some people will come to me because they've seen where I've come from. Totally. People resonate with it. David, tell us a wee bit yes. about your, your your kind of story with nutrition because you've always been kind of into the gym. Like ever since I've known you, I mean, probably the biggest biceps I've ever seen at one one stage when you were training <laughs> mega. Um, but tell us a wee bit about your your kind of well, relationship with food. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's actually an interesting one, the kind of nutrition side of fitness, because I would say you, you kind of dissect it because. When you're in your teens and everyone starts going to the gym, the common thing, everybody that you talk to in the gym, all the bigger guys, is just like, fuel yourself, eat, 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 eat anything. Just keep eating. Because like, obviously when you're younger as well, your metabolism and all that's a lot faster and you're processing your food a lot quicker. You're probably, oh, at that time I was playing a lot more sports and things like that. So you can afford to eat a lot more. So yeah. I just remember like binging to be fair. Like, not necessarily on bad food all the time, but as I say, like, guys in the gym or whatever just saying, yeah, just eat as much as you can. Like, that's what it was all about for me. And see, to be fair, I would say only in the last couple of years, I'm 27 now, so I would turn 28 in November, but I would say only in the last couple of years have I really kind of started knowing the difference of, like, right, no, I'm putting on a a wee bit of weight here like I'm putting on fat that I don't want to put on like getting the love hand was a wee bit there and people are like oh <laughs> no you're skinny as anything around it and you're like no but I'm to me I'm not like that's that's a big difference for me and I think it's important that these days that you try and as you both say like you don't want people to make the same mistakes however see trying to tell somebody enough it's probably between 18 to 25 to try and meal prep and eat chicken breast and rice and broccoli for like the lunch and have whatever for dinner it's not gonna happen i'm sorry but it's not gonna happen you you would need to be really really committed and stringent to be able to do that and i would totally say it, one, one thing it's really taught me is is discipline i mean yes the, yeah. you've got to get the motivation to get you started but people say to me like and i've got now in my fridge and, and i've had them in there for ages they've got like the little mars bites the little ones and i'll have like a couple with like hot chocolate in the evening and my friends will come in, they go, you haven't eaten a whole bag. No, I just have a couple when I feel like it. And it's like, they can't get over that, you know, that I, I've got the restraint almost to, to not do that. But, it, but it's, a, it's a completely different mindset. It's like, I can have a little bit of that if I want it, but I don't have to eat the whole thing. And I think that mindset and that control is, is a massive part of it. It's taught well, me loads, in fairness. I had a kind of wee chat with Kyle about this not that long ago and see to be fair i'm one of those people that could just be a total robot when it comes to food it doesn't i don't even need seasoning on my chicken breast or anything like that see, see if i know that that's what my meal plan is and i i can't really stray off from that i'll do that no bother like i've got the willpower for that but i know a lot of other people don't and i think that's the that's the real kind of yeah struggle I'm exactly that's the, the same and it was the, that's the flip of me. See, so, when I do you said, know what? I said I, that I to, last, to David. Yeah, I, I did my last prep and I said to my coach, you can give me my macros, please, but I will not have the the willpower and the create if you can't if you say to me I've got to eat that now for like the next six to eight to I don't know weeks, I just won't be able to do it because I can't use my creativity, I can't think outside the box. 
it's boring I just couldn't do it so I said I, I just can't do that so whatever you're going to try and get me to, to do and give me a meal plan I can't do it and that's kind of the flip of what I do now for my clients I I give them recipes I give them taste it's a completely different kind of way around it really which I go <laughs> so so this is my thing though right so see for your clients would they be cooking those meals like every night like daily or would they do a meal prep with those because i would say there's a lot more goes into making your meals than just firing six chicken breast in the oven getting six packets of microwave rice and then boiling veg in in fairness when i was working obviously at the moment it's been working from home because of all the covid stuff but my meal preps normally for work would be pretty simple um i they would be kind of chicken breast some kind of rice but I always put seasoning on it. There'd be extra veggies in it and there would be slightly different variations of meats, variations of my carbs. And mm. it would always be a little bit different, but I can eat, I can eat like my lunches used to be at the same for like, I'd meal prep for three days lunches and that'd be fine. But it's, um, I think it's more like my evening meals that I would have struggled to eat the same thing every day. I because, I I, because for me, cooking is relaxing. So when I come home, I love to just kind of be in the kitchen for a while. <laughs> So, so I, I don't know if you're the same, Kyle, though. Like, I would say being a kind of young professional, having the nine-to-five career, you've got your, your your kind of side hustle with the online fitness uh, stuff as well. Having to spend time cooking, I'm going to say that you couldn't be asked with that. <laughs> Are you joking? I swear, genuinely, this is the extent of my meal prep. I've got a slow cooker. I, I, I still stay with my mum and dad at the moment until I move out at the end of this year. And my mum and dad have got, like, a, a slow cooker. I literally put one kilogram of chicken into a slow cooker and leave it for six hours. I bring it all out and I take two forks and I shred it all up into a container. That's me for like three days. I, I, I could easily have that for my lunch and dinner. Wouldn't even bother me. Obviously, later on in the week, I'll throw in some red meats and I'll throw in. But like, yeah. I, I like two main meals a day. I, I would happily have that. And see the, what you were alluding to earlier on, David, like see if it was like literally like it looks like a burrito, but it's just a chicken breast. Just chewing at it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, could eat it like, I could eat it like that and it wouldn't even bother me. Like genuinely would not bother me. And I suppose that just comes down. Is that sustainable? It's sustainable if you can stick to it. That's what a, that's what a diet is. A yeah, diet exactly. is, if you can stick to it, then that's fine. If you can't, then do you know what? This is what I love about your page, Helen. Genuinely, the people that follow your page and your clients and stuff must just love you because they you look at like how much inspiration you actually show on your page. And for people that are listening to this at the moment, at Fitness Foodie, uh, Wilco, Go and just give it a, 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 a yeah. Instagram search at the moment, and then just kind of look through some of the stuff that she's been posting. Genuinely, you'll be absolutely. I, I know what it. you're saying with the whole kind of keeping it simple, but not a lot of the, the. It's like tonight, my tea has been. It looks like it's some really like fancy pants thing, but it's really not. It's a sachet of rice with extra veggies mixed in with it, and then I've cooked some prawns and chorizo. And I've got some salad and a bit of avocado with it. When you look at it, it looks like, ooh, that looks a bit fancy posh. Really isn't. Well, so, do you know what? You've already got five ingredients and stuff that I would never even tend to, to eat with, like avocado. I mean, some, some of your veg. I mean, let's just clarify this at the moment. I use the Sunshine. Is it uh, not? What's the brand? Uh, who's it? Fish Fingers. Who's that? What guy? Bird's eye, bird's eye, sunshine, bird's my, eye. Microwave, microwave veg bag. 
boom, in the microwave, <laughs> two minutes, 30 seconds, been using them for years, absolutely done. That's me, absolutely sorted. And do you know what? That's where I get my veg from. Does, does that suit everyone? Absolutely not. And would you get bored of it? If you get bored of it, then do you know what? There's so much else out there. But I will reiterate it 10 times in this, this podcast. Nutrition and diet, dieting is what you can stick to. If you mm-hmm. enjoy it, do it. Yeah. Do you know what, man? No one, everyone's just different. There's no one size fits all. And what exactly. I would say is that I've said before, and I stand by it, see if you can afford it. Get the meal prep <laughs> done for you. Yeah. There's, there's God knows how many companies that do it now, and they're getting better and better. And they've got all sorts of like curries and all that that fit your macros and all your kind of different nutrients in them. And they, they look incredible, but that obviously comes at a big cost. Yeah, because even cool. even for me, sometimes now, if it, especially if I've been on a prep or whatever, and I'm really watching what I'm eating, some of the the supermarket like meal prep type, gym type, fitnessy food ones they've got in the in the supermarkets now, the macros on those, especially for me, guys will probably have to bulk it out with a bit more stuff, but they're not bad in terms of the fresh ones. Um, you know, you get a couple of those to keep you ticking over kind of thing. Because there's nothing wrong in that. I've not actually seen any of the supermarket ones. I, I, I'm kind of more meaning the, yeah. the independent people that you get. Yeah, I know I know what you're saying. Yeah, getting yeah. them properly tailored. Yeah, they're but, really good. But bear in mind, Helen, you, you'll be able to tell us as well. But, I mean, a few years ago, that wasn't even a thing. The only ready meals you would get from, like, a, a supermarket and stuff was absolutely... Yeah, through the roof of salt, through the roof of sugar, yeah. and calories that just weren't even fitting any macros whatsoever. So, um, no, that's a really interesting one. But let's get into let's get into the the podcast. Um, we'll kind of set the scene for our listeners. So, we're going to talk about it from the position of a young professional. Let's just say they're working fifty hours a week, time poor, looking to improve their body composition, their kind of mental clarity, um, maybe weight loss or muscle building but they just don't, do not know where to start with our food. So we want to discuss it under three kind of main headings. The uh, first one being calories and macronutrients. Second one being diet hacks. And honestly, just wait till you hear some of the stuff that uh, Helen's mm. got. And then the third one's going to be a moderation mindset. So getting into um, probably the first thing is um, calories. So probably the question that kind of comes up is like what what is a calorie and and, and how can, can it be utilized um to, to obviously hit your goals so whether that be fat loss or, or muscle building so um a calorie in general it's just measure as a measurement of uh, energy so the, the kind of definition would be is it measures how much energy it takes uh, for one gram of water not to heat one gram of water by one degree celsius i think i've said that right but the, the main point of that is that um, it's just a measurement of energy. So so something that comes up quite a lot is that not all calories are equal. And what I mean by that is that if you were to have one calorie uh, or 100 calories of protein versus 100 calories of, I don't know, chocolate, the results are going to be totally, totally different. So it's trying to get that mentality into someone's head that, do you know what, just because you've got 2,000 calories to work with, if you're going to have a donut kebab that's 2,000 calories, you're not going to get the same results as someone that's had five meals a day, hitting their protein goals, hitting them, uh, their, their um, other macronutrient goals. So that's just something that kind of, I just wanted to get out there super, super early. Is that something that everyone should kind of understand at least? I would say so. Um, I don't know. Do, do you track your, mal- your, your calories and macros, David? So right now, I actually don't because I just have the same 
because Jordan's done it for me, my new coach has just done my plan for me for the week. Like, I'm in a calorie deficit at the moment. Um, so I, I'm eating the same thing every day. So right now, it, it doesn't kind of, it's irrelevant to me almost. Yeah. So, so, so you're getting breakfast. the guidance. You're getting the guidance. And I suppose that the main point of that would be is you're working towards a calorie and a macro goal, but you're just not doing it yourself, which is absolutely yeah, I'm not doing fine. Myself, yeah, so the, basically it's all broke down for me. So yeah. Yeah. my coach has done that for me. But yeah, previously, like when I've done it myself, yeah, I would obviously use my fitness pal. It couldn't get yeah. any easier. Let's be it honest. Is. Absolutely. Helen, do you, do you use my fitness pal still? Yeah, I track it. I still track all the time. Yeah. yeah. And the main question for you then would be, even though you're not eating like meals that are kind of, would you say, generic meals, you, you, you cook a lot and you bake a lot. So do you find that a little bit harder to actually get everything into my fitness pal or is it just as easy and just take a wee bit more time? Good question. Cause that's, that, sorry, before you answer this, Helen, that's probably the only sticking point for me whenever I was using that app, if I would try and be a bit more adventurous. Cause I was like, right, I can't be bothered doing this now because this is just, I've got too many ingredients. I'm trying to scan everything. Some things don't come up very rarely right enough and it just becomes a pain in the ass in my opinion. Is it the- You've got like the chips, the cheese, and then the donor sauce goes on top, and you're like, "Oh man, I don't even know where to start." And then I'm showing it to the guy behind the counter, and I'm like, "Why, why can I not scan this kebab?" There's no scan on the back of my kebab packet. <laughs> so, do you do you use it? Like, do you use it even though that you you can uh, cook from scratch? Yeah, so I'm at maintenance at the moment. So since um, coming off my prep in in Feb. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in a maintenance phase now because I did two fairly back-to-back-ish. But yeah, no, I track all the time. And um, most of, in all fairness now, most foods are in my phone, are on my fitness yeah. pal. So I, I just have to type in. And like things like, for me, um, like spinach, bag of salad leaves, they're very much of a muchness. So I'm going to class my salad leaf packet which may be slightly different to my spinach is the same thing so but that's a knowledge that you get to be able to to make those kind of switches and stuff um so so yeah i mean i do and and then even like you know i do i do i do measure out all of my salad veg i know that a lot of coaches you don't need to do that but that's just the personal thing mainly because i i'm like to be my own kind of guinea pig and see how it kind of affects my own body because i've got ibs as well so sometimes i kind of like to know well what's triggered that off or how has that affected me today or what what you know so it's a bit more of a geeky thing i suppose i i I still do it all the time Um, and also it keeps me accountable because like during the whole of lockdown and since i did my shoot i think i'm like a pound heavier (laughs) so i haven't put any i haven't put any weight on in like yeah, but I got back up to maintenance. Don't get me wrong; I haven't stayed as lean as I was for my shoot because that was like, you know, not healthy to be that lean all the time. Um, but I've, I've not. So, but again, that's my accountability, me managing my weight. So that's how I managed to do it. So, but even now, you know, there's lots of my recipes. I put all into my fitness pal, so I've got loads and loads of recipes. So just, and what I do with those is, especially they're usually my cakes. In fairness. Um, they're all quite not all quite similar but they have very similar base ingredients so often I can copy those and just change it around a bit so it's not like I have to reinvent the wheel every time Be so, fair, you can save your own you can save your meals and stuff on my, my yeah. Fitness, can't you? yeah I suppose so yeah. once you do it once yeah. you kind of 
the ones I've done right. it once and if I just need to tweak the different kind of quantities it's, it's done really so um but yeah I do track I do track still yeah do, I, do you have the pro version I do yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do do you care? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, man. I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's... No, I, I've never. What's the difference? You that's get the... Good. Yeah, and you can also um, change the snack time. So I've got mine set up as like breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack. So you can split them up. You can split your meals up and you can have, I don't know, eight meals a day if you want. You split it up. No, I totally agree with what you're saying. So the first thing would be... How do how do young professionals obviously I know this and I'm sure David probably knows to some extent, but what is a calorie maintenance? What is a calorie deficit? What is a, a calorie surplus? And what does that mean? What would the effects in your body be for each of these different things? So calorie maintenance, so I'm in maintenance at the moment, would be where your weight is maintained. It's the same. So I weigh myself. I'm not a big um I don't weigh all the time, I weigh once a week. Um, because I did it on prep, so I just keep continuing to do it way on a Wednesday. And I, I just make sure that my weight is maintained. And when I say that, I'm talking like a couple of pounds either way. You know, I roughly know, me personally, I'm about nine stone. I sometimes go down a bit, sometimes go up a little bit. But, um, and you've got to take that into consideration because things like, you know, if you've had a salty meal, you'll retain water. If you've, if you've done a big, heavy leg day, say, again, your muscles going to be full of glycogen. You're going to weigh a bit heavier. So, you know, there are things that are going to have those little kind of, there are little anomalies, but that's basically what it is where your weight is maintained and you just log it, you know, and you'll soon see. So I will work out my own calories using the Schofield equation, which I do for any new clients that come to me and go from there working out, you times that then by their energy expenditure. So if they're, you know, doing a hard labor job, um, obviously their expense should be more so you multiply it up more um, but if usually when clients come to me they want to be in a deficit they want to lose weight so to work that out then you've got to take off 500 calories from what their maintenance would be it's, and it takes into consideration all sorts of things it's like based on your age and weight obviously it doesn't take into consideration things like which I say to clients all the time it takes a few weeks to figure out what your maintenance is because your body composition is going to be very different as in guys girls um, and just generally like my, my lean mass is more than other people's. So, um, and I weigh a lot less and stuff like that. So my general energy expenditure right now is not, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm going to jump in there. I think that's a really, really valid point because see any, any personal trainer, any online coach, nutrition coach, anything, unfortunately we're not mind readers and we don't know how your body's going to react to different calories. So what I always say, and I'm a massive um, advocate of, of, being able to say that the first couple of weeks will give me an opportunity to understand how your body reacts to the plan that you're mm -hmm. going, to, going to go on. Um, obviously, both of us uh, do a lot of work in what they're currently eating uh, and the impact that that's having on their body at the moment. But unfortunately, like regardless of what anyone says, we do not know how your body's going to react to all the different factors uh, that, that comes with nutrition in general. So I always say at the very start of my plan, just so you know, the first couple of weeks are going to be a bit of a, um, not a guessing game, because it's all based on like kind of factual information. Yeah. Uh, and error. It's kind of trial and error. Um, and any, any online coach or fitness coach or nutrition coach that says otherwise would be lying to you, because th yeah. there's a lot of things out there that would be able to set you in the right direction. So 
yes, what their what age they are, what what uh, gender they are, uh, what their job type is, what uh, how many days are working out per week, what their current diet dietary intake is, and um, what their type of diet is, whether they're currently keto, veggie, uh, loads of different things. So we we can obviously estimate or or kind of using factual information understand roughly where it's going to be, but no one will be able to get that absolutely bang on. So you've obviously spoken about um, maintenance calories. So that is calories, obviously, that allow you to um, maintain your weight. Um, but obviously, as you've mentioned, you a lot of your clientele are coming to you for weight loss. And that would mean that they have to be in a calorie deficit, which is obviously uh, an energy deficit, whether that's achieved through nutrition itself or whether that's achieved through uh, energy expenditure, i.e. moving more. Um, for anyone that is interested in losing weight, there's only two ways to do it. Regardless what anyone says, there's only two ways to do it. You either move more or you eat less. So exactly. the, you, you, you have to choose which one's going to, uh, what's going to be uh, most beneficial for you. If you eat on maintenance calories and then just start exercising at the start of your plan, there's a high possibility if you train with the right intensity, you will lose weight. But um, yeah, getting back to the calorie aspect of it, calorie deficit, obviously we know what that is now, calorie surplus. Usually you would be in a calorie surplus the majority of a time for a muscle building phase or the kind of bro code as a bulk. Um, so if you, uh, in order to optimize the muscle tissue that you're building, obviously you would want to optimize the amount of nutrients getting uh, pushed to your, your, your muscles. Um, so I think that's quite good to, for, for clientele to understand that. Um, and I know David for a fact is, is sitting here because we had a conversation beforehand David doesn't really know a lot about kind of, uh, calories in general, and I think that, that this kind of would be quite a good learning curve for him. Definitely. That's what I said at the start of the podcast. This is, this is to educate myself as well, selfishly, because <laughs> um, I knew nothing about it. I even messaged you probably, when was that, Kyle? Is that a couple of years ago now? About the Possibly, how much, yeah. just asking a really basic question of like, how much protein should I actually yeah. be having? Because that's another well, thing. See, just going back, back in the day, that was another thing. I was just buying like a big bag of my protein and it was like shake before, shake after, like job done and then just eat, done, yeah. eat hundreds. Oh, <laughs> Do, you know man. I mean? Do you know, we all went through this stage and it probably, I don't know if it's just like a guy thing because I, I suppose the, the ego of a male in general when they're younger, they just want to be strong, they want to be big and they want to be ripped. I mean, if they if they don't want to go in there, probably their, what, their six-year holiday to Ibiza to Magaluf, whatever it is, and be the kind of skinny looking one. So um, I don't know if you were on them as well, but I was on like uh, these like bulking shakes. So like mass, like mutant mass <laughs> was one of the names of the ones that I used to take, which I'm sure I calculated one time and I had like 450 calories a shake. A shake. I was it's full of absolute nonsense as well, though. I mean, honestly, I used to come out in like spots and stuff, and I was like, I don't know why I'm coming out in spots. And I looked at the ingredients <laughs> one time, it was like chemicals. Yes, man. As long honestly, as your arm. Yeah, man, honestly, some names I've never heard of in my life. But so that's us kind of touched on, on calories um, in general. What I think would be good for our listeners to understand is macronutrients as well. So once you um, have worked out, whether it be the Schofield uh, equation, whether it just be working out, I mean, you can do a bit of Googling online. There's loads of different ways to work out. Yeah, there's um, loads of TDE, you know, um, you you just put your height and your age in. And that that will give you a good ballpark, in fairness. It will give you a rough idea, yeah. 
Do you know, just as a really simple, ta- uh, tangible takeaway, there's um, kind of BMR calculators online if people want yeah. to kind of use them as an absolute ballpark uh, starting point. So they must then, remember your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, is your rate to survive. So exactly. when somebody said to me, I'm eating at my BMR, I was like, you know that that's your calories just to, to survive the day. That's be basically being like if you're bedridden, for instance, yeah. you know. That's not without any exercise and doing anything else than literally breathing and eating, you know? That's I think it. most 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 of our clientele aren't bedridden. Well, I know a lot of people are working, <laughs> no, working from true. home at the moment, but I don't know if they're bedridden, but uh, I know they're for no, less bedridden. It's, it's, it's literally all, you know, that's your survival kind exactly. of Exactly. And you know what? We want our listeners to survive because we want more listeners on the podcast, so don't just eat at your BMR. No, but do not you, eat at your BMR. But plug plug your information in. It will ask you your, your height, your weight, your age, um, a, a few other energy expenditure questions, and it will give you a ballpark of roughly what your maintenance is. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, you can understand what your deficit is, what your surplus is. But getting on, so we're at a stage now, I kind of like kind of telling a story, I suppose that's the best way to put it. So now we're at the stage that we understand what our calories are. The next stage would be working out what the kind of the balanced diet would look like so we've got a plate in front of us uh, and, and we could obviously say that, that that could be like a full day and a lot of people ask what's the best split you could have for macronutrients so obviously if you look at it as a hundred percent some people are asking oh should i be on this percentage or this percentage my personal take on this and i'll let you understand this as well is for body composition specifically if you understand that you want to hit your protein goal and you want to hit your calorie goal, that they are going to be the two main things for understanding uh, for body composition specifically. And there's a lot of studies to back that up. But that, and that only leaves so many calories. So if you are on, just say ballpark, I mean, I said, let's take it back one step. In order to hit your uh, protein goal, and a protein goal would be roughly 40%, like just ballpark, roughly 40% of what your macronutrients should be. If you work that out, um, work your, macro, your your protein goal to be roughly one gram of protein for every pound of body weight, you're going to be roughly close to, to, to where you're... Um, so like for, for me, for example, I, I don't really work in pounds, but I'm weighing roughly uh, 75 kilograms at the moment. So if you take that times 2.2, so 75, 170 grams roughly of protein as a minimum, at least I know that if I'm under 170 grams of protein per day, then I'm probably not going to be in the most optimum uh, protein um, goal for, for, for what my, my uh, kind of body composition I want to obviously try and build lean muscle but also want to stay fairly lean um so sorry she just decided to cut this a wee second because i i think what a lot of people a question i hear a lot and what i had asked a lot when i was younger was see if you don't hit your protein go every day are you then losing muscle no absolutely not you will not lose muscle you will just not optimize the muscle you're building so a lot of people, and Helen will be able to give, I actually really want to hear Helen's view on this as well, but a lot of people that I know actually look at their calories and their protein on a weekly basis rather than just a daily basis. 
and then that means that like do you know what someday you may you might hear about people like banking calories or or whatever then it gives them the opportunity to not just focus on one day and think they've ruined it for one day but they'll look at it in a week week's perspective um so i spoke about it in my instagram story the other day if you've got 2000 calories per day that means you've got 14000 calories per week if you want to bank some calories because you know know you're going out of the weekend then you can do that um, as long as you're kind of focusing on the bigger picture for your full protein goal for the week and your full calorie goal for the week, um, then you certainly can do that. Helen, tell me a wee bit about what what you perceive calories to be, uh, sorry, macronutrients to be and how you actually look at them in the bigger picture. Well, when a client comes to me, it completely depends on their goals. I mean, at the moment, I've got some who are trying to lose weight. I've got some who are trying to do complete body recomps. Um, that are kind of Olympic lifters. They've got some who are kind of endurance athletes. So it completely, they are three different, you know, macro kind of goal hittings going on there. Um, you know, you've got, you, you, you know, your endurance athlete is going to need, yes, straight away you need to work out their protein. That's all I always work out first. Um, because we all need to, ha- you, you've got to hit your protein, or try to at least, to maintain you maintain some muscle keep some muscle going but also it has a massive impact on your general health it's maintenance it's the it's the it's the macronutrient that maintains so much of our body our cells our health with our immunity and it gets so much of a oh you're gonna hit your protein because you're gonna get all muscly and all that business yeah 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 that helps along with carbohydrates but it's, it's, and it's the thermogenesis of it. It's the, it's the biggest macro. Um, it takes your body the, the, the most uh, energy to break it down. So it's going to keep you feeling fuller for longer as well. So if you're in a deficit, it's a brucey bonus all day long. Um, so first of all, I would work that out. And then the carbs and the fats are really going to depend on what your goal is. If you're an endurance athlete, I'm not going to strip you, for, you know, strip your carbs right down because you need them. They are your prime as they are for all of us, your prime energy source. So you're not going to do that. Um, so, you know, and then like my, my recomp I've got going on at the moment, we have cut back on the fats at the moment. We've upped his carbs because he's trying to do a very lean bulk at the moment. So, you know, it, it completely depends. And then I've got some other uh, lovely ladies and we're, we're working in a deficit and I just want them, we want to hit our protein and our fats and our carbs can be played around with a little bit more. However, one of the issues we've, I have, with, especially with my female clients, um, and I know this isn't too relevant to you guys, is with our hormones. Fats are really important. Um, and there's been so much over the, you know, in the 90s, it was all low-fat diet, low-fat this. And actually, it's really it's not that great for us to be really low-fat because we need them to, to keep our hormones healthy. And one of my clients, actually, she's, um, it's restored her, her her menstrual cycle back to back to health basically because I've I've upped her fats um, because they're demonised. It's like oh I shouldn't eat fat. I shouldn't eat you know I need to eat low fat this low fat that. And actually, you know it, I'm always about moderation and things and 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 what suits people. And also that's the other thing to consider is what do you like? Are you a person who likes higher fattier foods just because that's your palate, or are you more of a carby person? Um, and that there's a balance to be struck between the two, you know, between yeah. composition, your tastes, and what your goals are. So that literally link, links into exactly what we've said since the start. So number one, a diet is very specific to what 
your one what your goals are, but one what you enjoy. So there's no cookie cutter. You can't. I mean, I know there's a lot of plans on there online or coaches that might just use the same diet plan for for everyone. Unfortunately, that doesn't work. Um, everyone's very individual, um, and it comes down to what food you enjoy. And I spoke about this in my story the other day. Like I used to um, demonize carbohydrates. Uh, because I thought they were like just they're so bad for you bread white white rice David I can tell you right now that like I, that this was the kind of life that I used to live I've been like oh no I'm going to pass on the bread because I used to just over consume but I never ever knew like that I could eat like in a balanced way I just started demonizing them and saying how bad they were for me but I don't know when you were kind of in your, your fitness phase when you were younger and stuff like that if you even had a clue about macronutrients in general literally people would come out to me in the gym and be like as long as it fits in your macros and i'd be like sound my man no <laughs> idea what he's talking about absolutely no idea it was just all about the scran for me as i say and do you know what i'm just thinking about when you said you're taking that mutant mass or whatever it's called my one from my protein was hurricane hurricane xs i remember this i used to take that as well hurricane do you know what XS. I don't know if you ever had any side effects from it. Not only was, uh, I don't really want to maybe say it as explicitly, but some of the gas that, that came as, as a result of it. <laughs> that's, but, that's high protein. That's what oh, high, really, really, really high yeah. protein will do to you. But not even just high protein, Helen. See the chemicals in it and the sugar in it. Honestly, it was having oh. absolute mayhem with my stomach. And do you know what? I was getting spots and stuff like that. And like, and I, Obviously, after I start, I stopped taking it. I could tell you that it literally just went away, and I knew that it was purely because the amount of rubbish was in it. But um, yeah, so that that's I suppose that's quite a good way to to get onto the subject about demonising uh, certain food groups because yes, you can ha- find a diet that's good for you. So if you're on a keto uh, a keto diet, then you would be high fats, low carbohydrates, extremely low carbohydrates. Even you could even compare that to a, a low carb diet. I know they're, they're they're different, but a low carb diet is is, is quite similar to a, a keto diet. To um, in the respect that it's low carbohydrates, high fats. But what usually the the common thing around most uh, like diets is that they, they tend to keep protein high, and that's because there's obviously extreme benefits of uh, high protein in general. But for obviously. Um, cognitive functions but also uh, physique composition um, reasons as well recovery we also know a lot of us or myself and Helen know the benefits of protein for recovery of muscles um, so yeah protein always stays high so if you want to flex the carbohydrates and the, the protein uh, the carbohydrates and the fats then that is basically up to yourself um, but comes back to what I mentioned earlier if you um, if you keep your, your, your protein high and then uh, find some like the other aspect of your diet uh, is really up to yourself. Um, but getting onto the kind of uh, carbohydrate and fat element of it. When I was growing up, a lot of people would say that you want to be like low fat. Look, I can see David like <laughs> blowing his cheeks out with my big fat face when I was younger. But when, when I, <laughs> I used to, I used to not only demonise carbohydrates but demonise fat. And people used to say that fat makes you fat, 
and like genuinely as soon as I started looking into it, all this stuff is the biggest load of rubbish in the world and obviously and, and now I'm I'm helping teach other people that but Helen tell us a wee bit about um, your experience of fat makes people fat certainly doesn't if you're staying within your calorie goals um definitely in fact it's not going to make you fat um i ballpark for my clients around women we're sort of 30 mm, percent uh ish i mean sometimes it's slightly higher um in terms of percentage um but yeah i would always rate or ever slightly lower depending on what goals and stuff are but um you know it's it, in fact it doesn't make you fat um I'm all for, you know, there are some, we, we can, we can, um, you know, sit here and talk about like keto and those kind of, you know, really low carb type diets till the carbs come home in terms of, you know, what they will do. But they're, they're for me personally, they're not sustainable, those kind of diets. Um, if you want a, you know, a, a quick fix and to lose a lot of weight very quickly, probably because you're massively cutting out a whole macronutrient you can eat carbs basically then fine but it's not going to you know there's no exit plan and this is what i talk to my clients about a lot of the time or people that come to me and say well i want to do this i'm like great okay it's fine if you want to do that that's perfectly fine but what's going to happen when you come off it or you don't do that any longer um but um no no fats definitely i mean i i'm all for the healthier side of fat so that's kind of for me things i incorporate in my diet are things and i tend to i like to eat my fat I'm not one for drizzling everything with olive oil, although olive oil is not bad. I'm not saying that. But I've and what, what, what you mean by that is, you, yeah, yeah, I totally get that. So just for our so, listeners, like, uh, obviously the traditional uh, adding fat method could be from butter, could be from oils, could be from sprays, could be from like um, loads of different things. But I suppose what you're alluding to is like, avocados nuts yeah so yeah i I will um avocados nuts seeds i'm a big advocate of uh, eggs um is another thing i will pretty much have in most things um it's a bit of a running joke on my instagram page where i didn't have eggs for my lunch the other day because during lockdown i pretty much had eggs of some description for my lunch somebody went you haven't had eggs today i was like no no (laughs) i do eat other things um but it was, I was like, God, people really notice things like that. I was like, evidently they do. Um, but yeah, and I and also meet um, from sort of the higher fat meats as well. I'm not, I'm not adverse to, you know, red meats. I mean, I don't eat them all the time, but probably twice a week. Um, a salmon, salmon you know, yeah, oily exactly. fish. I mean, yep. don't get me wrong. I'm even partial to a, a tin sardine, I've been known, you know. So there's nothing wrong in, you know, simple things with with that and i I do eat quite a lot of avocados as well so yeah getting those healthy fats in and it's really important as well i was talking to um somebody the day about um their satiety so them feeling full and you know you want to keep because the, the gi the glycemic index of what you're eating to keep it um to slow down your digestion okay so people think oh it's gonna be high fiber food you know high fiber food all the way yeah but actually chocolate cake is, is, is high GI because low GI, I should say, because, because of the fat content in it. So it's, it's actually, you know, so if you add some fats into your meals, so say you're like having a big bowl of pasta or whatever, and you're having tuna in it. Great. But actually that's not going to keep you feeling so full as if you added in some kind of fat, so some avocados into it, or even a bit of olive oil into it. Um, 
Pardon? Fibrous veg. So obviously yeah, veg is great for satiation. Yeah, fibre is brilliant for satiation. But so but those things are they're often forgotten. The fibre is definitely one, and also the fact that you need some fats will slow that digestion down. So those things are really, really crucial along with your with your protein. So those three things, if you if there's nothing else that you know, if you want to slow down your digestion, you are dieting, protein, keep your fibre really high with loads of high fibre veggies. And keep some fats in there, and that will keep you feeling fuller for longer, definitely. Volumize it, and that's what I tend to do. That is my thing, is volumizing the most I can out of my food. Sorry, what I was going to say, Kyle, was is it important that people measure their food out? Because this is the thing, a lot of people will still be staying at home with their parents. And I remember when my mum, when I stayed with my, my parents, my mum's potatoes would be a big mountain like that with the steak pie or the chicken or whatever it was. And uh, do, you want, do you want some steak pie with those potatoes? That's, that's, <laughs> I, I, I actually still kind of, I, I sometimes have like a meal with my parents. Like I, th- I think that's really important to some extent, especially when you love your parents, you still have like a, maybe a meal with them every so often. But yeah, I totally agree. And I think that's a, a kind of parent thing in general that they, they kind of like feeding uh, yeah. their, their kids and, and other people but I want to answer that question of what you just asked there David the, my, my view in this is just very kind of simplistic if you are serious about understanding what your food intake is see if you were to measure even ballpark to like even if you measured th- things for one week and ballpark understood what was going into your body and the impact it was having on your weight, your body composition, the way you look in the mirror, et cetera, et cetera, then you'll be absolutely fine. Because, do you know, all it takes is for you to measure out 50 grams of porridge oats one time to understand what 50 grams of oats are, are like. I mean, the next time you pour it out, you're not going to pour out 100 grams, like, freehand pour it out because you know what 50 grams looks like. So the way that I look at it is, if you did it for a week, and then understood what it kind of looked like, you should be fine going forward. Just because I do it and because Helen does it and, and, and I don't know other people in the fitness industry, maybe, maybe our clients do it as well. I'm pretty sure they do. Just because they do it, because they have a goal in mind and they have like something they're working towards. But for the normal person, the general population that just want to understand a bit more about the, the food that they're intaking, do it for a week. Understand the impact it has in your body and then change it if you need to. Well, well, yeah, I and, gonna, and I, yeah, no, I was just gonna, and I was just gonna say about that. I mean, I, if I have anybody who's really new, hasn't got you know general population, hasn't got a kind of specific goal in mind, I start them off. If they don't wanna, they don't want to um, track. I say, right, let's look at your higher fat stuff. So you know, we'll look at that and portion out that stuff, and portion out because the biggest thing, like you boys are just saying, then is your carbs. So they are something that people will overconsume very easily. Potatoes, your rice, cereals. I mean, not being funny, but my bowl of cereal does not look like a 30 gram bowl of cereal. Do you know what I mean? The, 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 the serving size. So it, those things, are the first two things that I say, if someone's really not sure about tracking, I say, well, first things first, measure out your carbs. Um, and, and I give them a list of things that they should be, you know, rough gut gauge of what they should be measuring and their fats because they're the, you know, they're the really high calorie stuff at the fats. So if you can understand those bit more, then you can, you know, your veggies and stuff and your lean meats, they're a little bit more kind of um, general. 
so they're the things that I would I, I would start people off with definitely looking at portion control in at least. This is this is probably quite debatable and possibly a well it will be a, a topic probably for another time. But at, at what point do you think then both of you it's important for people to be educated on the subject? Do you think from school? Do you think from a younger age? Because obviously there's a massive problem as well with obesity and things like that these days. And just kind of going back a, a wee second as well, going back to the people staying their parents, as you say, Kyle, parents can over overkill on that plate and overfeed the, the kids so are, are we talking obviously we are talking about it from people that are interested in fitness young professionals right that's the purpose of the podcast but just to delve a wee bit deeper into that do you think that's something that should be educated at a younger age it is so much i mean even from the i mean i've been training for what 10 years now even if I take the when I started off training to now, the last 10 years has been crazy in the amount of uh, nutritional information that is now on foods. I mean, I, I hate to think what it was like when my, my parents were young and stuff like that, trying to understand what, what was in their foods. But see, nutritional, like, even if you look at that, is it the, I don't know if they refer to it as like the traffic lights on, on foods. Obviously, it's not absolutely perfect, but it'll give you a real ballpark about if it's a healthy food, if it's kind of calorific, if it's going to be kind of roughly fit your goals. Should people understand it? I will wholly believe that people should understand what they're eating. I, I totally believe that. Because if you do not know what you're eating, what, how do you know the impact it's having on your body? So if I was eat, eat, eating and then I wanted to lose weight, but I didn't know how to lose weight, well, you don't know what you're feeling your body with at the moment, so how do you know where to start for creating a calorie deficit? Really, that that's my question. Is like, what, why why would you not want to know what you're feeling your body with? And um, why would you yeah. not want to know what you're putting in your car? Why would you not want to know? Like, I mean, that, that's just that's just the way I look at it. So, to answer your question, David, yes, people. I genuinely believe all people should know what they're feeling their body with. And I, and I completely, I, I completely agree with, with Kyle because, you know, like I said, I hadn't got a clue. And I, I mean, I, I, I say I did, I did food tech A level, and you know, I wasn't. Re- I mean, yeah, we were taught the ballpark basics of of what these things were, but I didn't really have any understanding of looking at packaging. You know, actually looking at what I was actually eating. And the thing is, until you start weighing stuff out as well, sometimes you don't actually realise what serving of something or a portion actually yeah. looks like cereal. and then sometimes cereal. oh my goodness cereal yeah. 30 grams of cereal i mean you get about three three a client the other day who said oh, i had um, granola as a snack helen and they sent me their um their macros breakdown and i was like yeah you had 100 grams of it and it was like like three or four hundred calories Cal- and I'm I, was like, I was like yeah, that's a that's a big old snack for me. That's like a meal, um, you know. Um, but unless you're aware of it, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot, isn't it?" It's like, yeah, it is. You don't know what you don't know, but don't no. but don't don't tell me that you're putting on weight and you're not tracking what your food is. So that I think it just comes hand in hand. So yeah, to answer your question, like, like filling Sorry? those bowls. Cereal was actually probably a good example. Just like kids and yeah. teens, like filling those bowls. I was never a cereal fan, to be fair, anyway. But like. People fill them bowls and then just fire all the milk in as well. Does that what a cereal really roughly equate to? Like cocoa pops and stuff like that? Is that about so, four hundred calories or 
so well, this is a good one actually a good question to ask because obviously um the granola in general is a great uh, kind of useful tool for for muscle building or or, or um, weight gain because it is full of calories if you understand most kind of granola is made up of uh, like oats nuts sometimes um quite a bit of sugar usually to make it taste quite nice so it's it's full full of calories in general um, seeds there's some seeds and stuff like that in it as well yeah, which are all and the dried fruit is really dense on, on sugar too so so i mean in general like helen's absolutely right 100 100 grams of granola could easily easily have 400 calories if, if yeah. not more um whereas you compare it to like cocoa pops cocoa pops maybe like a 50 grams maybe like what 250 calories 200 calories yeah and and bearing in mind that like a 30 gram bowl uh, which is probably the recommended uh, amount for that would maybe only have like what 150 calories so it wouldn't actually be that bad but if i can tell you right now that someone has 30 grams of cocoa pops mate if you want three cocoa pops here yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just even like the bowl sizes, like the bowls I've got now are huge. Whereas, like if you look at like say my nana's kind of bowls, you know, like you know, like, you know the old fashioned type, they're, they're a lot different in size, aren't they? You know, yeah, it's like my bowls are really huge. So even things like that have changed over over decades, and there's no wonder in a way that you know, like even like your little cups of tea, they're not the same, are they? We have a giant mug these days, you know. So our portion control is 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 generally bigger because all the vessels you put it in are bigger as well. Hundred percent, hundred percent. The last thing I want to talk about in macronutrients um, is timing of macronutrients in general so we talk around i suppose in the fitness industry we talk a lot about pre and post workout meals this is something that was a massive downfall in mine in general when i first started working out i would uh, i would never really be that hungry after a workout um and I, I think that a lot of my clientele might actually resonate with that. Like they might just not feel like a meal, but it's probably one of the most important meals. And I know people say breakfast is the most important. I don't necessarily believe that's actually the case. If your goal um, is to say, say, for example, build muscle, then like your protein and carbohydrates after a workout is going to be the the kind of the main aspect of you actually building lean muscle because essentially you've got two aspects to it when you're working out you rip the muscle tissue and when you eat protein carbohydrates afterwards you're repairing the muscle tissue to then make it uh, to then build, build the muscle um, so food timing is extremely important um, but with the macronutrients specific macronutrients at specific times will probably have um, a better um result for, for for setting goals so moving on to something that is very very close to helen's heart um so this is something that um helen probably prides herself in so at the moment this young professional we spoke about at the start has understood what how many calories that they need um in order to hit their goal whether it's a, a maintenance surplus or deficit they now understood for their specific goals whether they're an athlete whether they are um, trying to lose weight whether they're just kind of general population um and they've understood what macronutrients or what percentage of macronutrients uh, should make up their their diet so now it's actually come to the stage where um you have to understand what's actually going to what what food you're going to have to actually fill these macronutrients 
And what a lot of people obviously will understand is that when you're in a calorie deficit for, for weight loss specifically, um, you'll be on less food than you were previously. And sometimes that, that can be pre- pretty tough. And we talked a lot about satiation. So um, obviously the impact of sleep, water, food will make keep you feeling full throughout the day. But what Helen is extremely good at, and it's really um, very well shown on her Instagram, is creating diet hacks or diet tips in order to make the most out of the calories and macronutrients that you need in, in, to still hit your goals. So, um, Helen, I don't know if you want to kind of introduce this subject, subject because, uh, again, it's something that you're, you're pretty pretty well um, clued up on. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's ever since that I sort of was really kind of keen dieting in the last five years that I, I do love my food and I do love creating. So... I just didn't want, so say I was on like a low carb day for me, I would want some kind of like sweet pudding of some description. So I wasn't going to be like, oh, I'm not going to have that because I can't. Well, I would think outside the box and make sure I could. So it was, it's things like that, that, that forced me to really. Um, and that then sort of thinking outside the box has made me create all sorts of weird and wonderful things. Um, so yeah, so um, they're, they're, they're like diet hacks. There's like tips as well of things um, and kind of ways to kind of curb hunger as well when you are dieting. Because at the end of the day, I think a lot of people are like, oh, but I'm hungry and I'm on a diet. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to be because you, you, you're, you're, so you're normal. Yeah, I'm like, it's, it's completely normal. Don't, don't worry about it. But what I like to be able to do is is give people kind of ways around that, like do things or give them ideas of stuff that they can do to keep the hunger at bay. So, um, and for me, like my last prep, where I went down to quite low calories, I would say, and, you know, I didn't feel like I was eating the amount of calories I was because I volumized everything to the max. That's the best um, thing to do. Volumized is definitely the word that so you I was going to say. That is what I would say straight away. I mean, the main thing as well, which is a bit of a running joke with some of my my, my Instagram followers and friends, is is the amount of spinach I eat. Um, raw, raw spinach or leaves. I mean, when I was on my prep, my my the, my hot. What I don't like is if I have a plate of food, and it looks like there's naff all on it. There's nothing worse to me than if you give me a plate and there's like a little bit of chicken, a little bit of potato, and there's your you know, broccoli I'd be like that's like my idea of hell so I will think of ways to make it look enormous so yeah I totally agree with that uh, Helen I think that that's something that it's uh, it's extremely important to have as much volume on your plate especially when you're in low calories and you obviously alluded to the fact of people being hungry and saying oh do you know what I'm hungry yes you are going to be hungry and obviously we want to keep that to a minimum and this is where diet hacks and diet swaps and stuff like that come in. So looking at your Instagram, I've actually taken some of the inspiration from you in the past. Obviously, we've been kind of working uh, with each other and on different aspects of business in the past. And yeah. we've, we've spoken about this before, but um, you are definitely the queen when it comes to these kind of swaps. So what we thought we would do is uh, put you in the spot a wee bit and ask you some of the your main kind of tips that you would share with our followers that they could implement as of today, that would maybe save them a few calories. 
but it would obviously help them, one, stay satiated, and two, eat things that they probably still enjoy, um, and they don't need to kind of, it's not like crazy things that need to implement into their diet. Yeah, um, there's there's lots of different things, and there's there's ways around stuff um, to to keep the volume high and to make it tasty as well. Because there's nothing worse for me than like boring bland food. Um, so one of the first few things I would say is to make sure that in your cupboard you've got plenty of different herbs and spices to to make your chicken pretty tasty. Like tonight, I've had prawns. I've shoved some smoky paprika in it. Tastes like Spanish paella, you know. So make sure you've got a good and garlic granules. I use them like they're going out of fashion. So things like that. You don't need to use like whole garlic and all that. Just make sure you've got a really good bank of, I would say, um, curry powder in there or cumin to make things like that are curryish flavored. You want your smoky paprika to get your kind of like um, Spanish vibe going on. Garlic granules, which can go in anything and everything. And definitely get your salt and pepper going. They're really important. They just make chili, chili flakes. Yes, and chili yeah. flakes. Chili definitely. flakes are good, man. I feel they, like I can I save you at times. Yeah, they are great. So if you can get get that going, that's really really helpful. But things to keep the kind of hunger at bay. Um, there are several things um, that I will give tips to clients with. So if you've got like a chocolate craving going on. Um, I'm all for an options highlights hot chocolate, 40 oh, calories. Honestly, sign me up, man. I'm all for that. So number one, I absolutely love all those herbs and spices. I think that's a really, really good way to make uh, your food a wee bit more um, pal- palatable. I think we could we could go as far to say that. Um, the second one, chocolate hacks are just an absolute go-to. I know so many people that have like chocolate, um, you could probably say addictions or, or, or chocolate, like that's their go-to. So yeah. implementing it as part of their diet, like maybe like a dark chocolate, because we know that there's probably more benefits of dark chocolate than there is uh, milk chocolate, etc. But finding alternatives to get that same feeling yeah. of eating chocolate, but in a different way. So that number one, the hack for chocolate has to be the options. I love that one. I, I, I've actually implemented that in my own diet as well. And even like um, the chocolate caram- the chocolate or the caramel rice cakes are winners as well. They're really good. They're like 40, 50 calories each. I was going to say that. And the other one that, that worked for me, the Al- Alpen bars, 60 calories, just yeah. like a wee kind of breakfast bar. But when you compare that to like a, a, like a I don't know, a protein bar that's like 230 calories, yeah. honestly, even, you're saving your calories. Yeah, e- even the simplest of things, like a Kit Kat is just over 100. People forget about things like that. I think oh, I can't have that. And it's yeah. like, if that's just over 100 calories, you know, the Kit Kat chunky is like at least twice. Um, yeah. So you can, you it is doable. And even like, you know, the, the thin chocolate um, biscuits, they do like the thin ones, the thin Oreo biscuits, the thin digestives they're winners as well with it with a cuppa so they're always on the go in my house yeah and and also those things are great but also portion controlled so i will tell my clients get yourselves a fun size bag of you know the cabris whatever and then you've got in there like curly whirlies you've got mini buttons and all are about 50 60 calories for a little mini bag i'm like and they're portion controlled so you're not going to go out in like three bags are you really you're gonna have or are you (laughs) well if i get a box of oreo thins i'm going through that full box that's all i'm saying (laughs) well that there is that you could probably afford that amount of calories though yeah Yeah, yeah. big boy no i love that so yeah 
those two, those first two ones are absolutely brilliant. Do you know what? I'm going to jump in and and say um, one that hopefully you bring up, but it's something that I know our kind of followers would quite like, and it's to do with cheese. Cheese is one for like it, it can easily ruin ruin diets. Um, cheese is obviously I wouldn't say necessarily high calorie, but uh, high fat and stuff like that and, and people kind of like it with I don't know toast and cheese or um, it's just the, the cheese in general cheese and biscuits and stuff um, there's a couple that I actually stole from your page recently like your mini baby bells and the wee, wee cheddars and stuff like that tells you about the, the cheese in general yeah so um, well did I buy the Porsche controlled um, the, the smaller little ones of the, the mini baby bells and i tell you what i'm even partial to a cheese string um yeah. because at the end of the day it's mozzarella so people are like oh my god we have a cheese string yeah it's mozzarella cheese it's just in a in a string cheese form um and yeah you can get all different flavored ones i got some light cheeses the other day and they've got like mexican chili and all sorts of this smoked ones in there um but also really good ones so say you're making like i don't know you some kind of soup a really good one is some dairy either you can buy the laughing cow or the dairy lightest triangles so yep. say you want to mix it up a bit and make some kind of like you've got a load of broccoli or something and if you stick some of those in and you can almost like make a cheesy broccoli soup with like naffle calories fills you right up um and i also add those to like um my hacks of risottos as well so i don't actually put any real cheese in my risottos apart from on the top but the cheesy taste comes from the cheesy triangles <laughs> which oh, you would never know and then i said they're lovely no I, to I totally hijacked uh, those five tips so uh, if you don't want to use uh, cheese as part of them but i just felt the total need because i know our kind of listeners and stuff like that i know for me anyway and uh, a few of my friends and family genuine cheese is just one that that they can ruin all sorts of diets I'm I've I've been having um, recently as well like feta feta you can get quite a lot of volume out of feta so that sprinkled on stuff looks loads compared to like the size you actually get of it because you sprinkle it so it looks way more than it is so that's another good one and eat lean cheese is really good too especially because it's high protein very partial to a bit of eat lean cheese fantastic so that's number three we'll go for cheese. That means it actually was one less thing that I need to put you in the spot about, which is pretty good. So, uh, well, well the, the number four. Yeah, well, another one is, you know, we were, I'm sure you have been when you've been on preps and stuff, um, for like the, the jellies. So oh, the 10 calorie yeah. jellies, but I have the best hack for this. And there's a little video on my, on my page. I got fed up of buying them because I was getting really annoyed of how expensive they were. And I was like, well, I can make different flavoured ones. So I buy like either raspberry, orange, blackcurrant, you know, all the ones you can buy. Um, and I add to them squash. So like, say I've got like raspberry jelly, I'll add some cherries and berry squash. And I've had one recently, I've made my own pina colada version. So I've had like lime jelly, some coconut flav drops. Oh, yeah, added yeah. To it. Yeah, and a bit of tropical squash. It's like having a pina colada jelly. Um, so there's, so you don't need to buy them because they're really expensive for what they are. It's basically gelatine water flavored pot, you know, it's not exactly rocket science. So that is a really good hack. So don't bother buying those, make your own. 54p for the Asda's own version. 54p? Because they do genuinely help me stay satiated, even yeah. though they are watery um, squash. <laughs> 
I know, and the, the, the Hartley's ones, they're like 75p each. Well, you can buy a whole sachet, which is like four of them for a quid. So, um, well, no, make eight actually. So yeah, so it's, it's bonkers. So that is my really top tip for keeping self-satiated. And also for me, like I will have a Diet Coke because I want some sweet sometimes and I, and I will have, you know, I mean, now and again, you know, one or, one or two a day or whatever, it's really not going to hurt. Um, That's a really good one. So diet drinks is a, a fantastic food for tack. And I know there's a lot of publicity about people saying that diet uh, drinks and uh, normal drinks. Obviously, there's a lot of, um, or, or, I don't know, chemicals and stuff like that. You could probably say as aspartame and stuff like that in them. Uh, however, from a calorie standpoint of view, a diet drink versus a, a full-fat drink is is far superior for um, hitting your goals. Yeah, and the other two kind of really good ones for we're talking about liquid calories. So um, coffee is a really black coffee because obviously if you add in all the other bits and bobs, it's going to make it more higher in calories. But black coffee is a really good appetite suppressant, and so is anything minty. So peppermint or chewing a bit of chewing gum or anything minty. Even we, I mean Charlie and I, who I do our podcast with, us can say uh, chewing chewing gum or brushing your teeth. So some people will go and brush their teeth because that pepperminty taste just makes you not want to eat anything. Um, and um, yeah, so that's another a really good one. Good as to, they, they do suppress your appetite. Um, but another good one for, for um, volume, and I ha- always have them in, is berries, frozen berries. Um, and I add them into all sorts of recipes. Um, and also I have them in stuff on stuff i rarely buy fresh berries if i'm honest um because they, they do the job perfectly well and they're lovely and i like them a lot and you can get a lot you can have like i think 100 grams of berries like 30 calories it's nothing added some greek yogurt winner it, it can become so obsessive this thing though i mean just yeah. just listening to what we're talking about there or you can go and brush your teeth yeah people do. Feeling. no i get it and i get why yeah. But like mm. just the thought and hearing that, hearing you say yeah. that just sounds mental. Like, so see yeah. for gen- see for general population, this is th- this is the reality of it, David. Like for general population, this might be something they never implement into it, into their life. Because if you want to stay in a maintenance calorie, it's just understanding what your calories are, adhering to them, and then that's fine. We're probably t- talking about it from a fitness standpoint and and understanding oh, that if if you are in a calorie deficit, like you are at the moment. You will get to a stage if if you are dropping your calories low enough that you will start to feel hungry, and it's. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go brush my teeth now because I'm done. <laughs> no, no I, I totally agree, mate. So it's, it's finding that kind of balance of um, general population versus like a fitness standpoint. But I uh, absolutely love those. So just doing a wee recap of those ones. There, um, you've obviously got your cheeses in there, your chocolates in there, your um, berries in there. The, the other one is from the flavor drops and stuff like that point of view um, yeah, the, my my, the, my protein flavor drops are absolute game changer and, and i was gonna say just just nipping back to the hot chocolate we were talking about earlier that's another thing is i just buy the plain flavored hot chocolate and i use my my flav drops i've got hazelnut ones toffee ones uh, add those to my hot chocolate or even like you can get from the baking aisle like orange flavored stuff so don't because the options and stuff they're really expensive so i just add a little teaspoon of orange flavor or a teaspoon of the salted caramel flavor to it so i can have a different flavored hot chocolate every night for one um exactly. because i've got those different 
bits and bobs in the house. But I suppose it depends if you got them in. Love that. Love that. So there's a few tangible, tangible takeaways from a um, diet hack point of view. You do not need to... So I, the wee slogan, uh, I actually mentioned this to David earlier on my Instagram. I was using the, the slogan, don't stop it, swap it. Uh, and it was a kind of something that I just kind of stuck to. And it was like, do you know what? You don't need to like remove things from your diet. Uh, it's all about eating in moderation. And that's what we're going to talk about next. But instead, e- eating things that you enjoy, sticking to it, but probably making better decisions. Yeah. So getting on to the last point that we really wanted to talk about was um, the kind of moderation mindset. And I think for a lot of people, that is something that they can probably struggle with uh, if I'm being totally honest with you um, and it might relate back to what they do at the weekends and it's a kind of all or nothing approach uh, so a Friday night they have like a packet of crisps and they go oh that's me that's me off plan now and then just totally go all out and just start eating anything they want or it's the mentality of oh do you know what I'm going to start again on Monday and how many times have you heard I'm going to start my diet on Monday? That seems to be like the common phrase that people use. So moderation mindset, Helen, tell us a wee bit about that. Yeah, so I try and instill in my clients that, you know, nothing is off limits. And if you are going to, you know, start a diet, you know, be in a deficit and you're going to start restricting loads of things, then you're only going to want it even more. So, you know, it is okay to have, you know, things built into your diet every day um because at the end of the day i don't want anybody binging i don't want people coming to me and saying oh i've had you know you know we all have bad days i'm not saying that you know we we all do but it's it's about ingraining in people that nothing should be ever off limits and i think that when people do then that's when we, we we have this bad relationship with food and we then um ban it we demonize it and we feel like we shouldn't have it and then when we do we feel guilty for it and then we kind of get in this cyclical cycle of shouldn't have it had it or and then and then like you say you get in that if it's on a weekend you get in there oh i'll start again on monday doesn't matter now and it's 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 really not a good place to be and you know i i will try every day i i have a bit of stuff that people would perceive to be well, I don't know, one for better word, treat food, bad food, whatever you want to call it, because I don't, I don't want to binge on it. I'd rather have a little bit of it every day and, and that be me satiated and happy with that, you know, and have a good relationship with food because at the end, you know, you're not, because you're not, not you're not an animal. You shouldn't have to treat yourself with, with food. Exactly. What, what you should do is you should be able to, as you say, build it into your lifestyle because that's something you can stick to. So if you have something kind of sweet, and this comes back to what I said before, is if you don't understand what you're feeling your body with, you're never really going to get optimum results. So if you can work those into your calories, absolutely amazing. And I see David nodding there. Like I'm sure there's things that David has in his diet that he's thinking, oh, do you know what? Like I could not live without that. But I'm, I'm sure, and I'm sure his trainer, because I know his trainer as well, would say, if he can work it into his calories and his macros and stuff like that, he'll still be absolutely shredded from our bay in a few weeks' time. But, do you know, if, if he was to remove all these different things from his diet and then go absolutely crazy at the weekend because he's missing them all the time, it's, mm. uh, it does create a bit of a bad relationship with food. And uh, it, it does. And I think even for me doing the preps I've done, I've made sure that what I did was I ate very similar things every day. But because I'm... I suppose 
have the ability to kind of think outside the box of what I was doing. So I'd still, every week I'd still make my baked oats, but I was able to diet hack them down. So as my calories went down, I would create hacks in that recipe to lower the calories in them every week. So it, you know, it's, it's about that whole moderation. So I felt like the whole time I was on prep for things and my diet, my calories would go lower and lower and lower that I was eating the same foods because I'd volumized them so much and I created the hacks within them to make it feel like I was. So that is key. If you can do that, you know, get the volume in, you don't feel like you're, you're on. And I think that's the trick is that you shouldn't feel like you're on a diet when you're on a diet, you know, because at the end of the day, if it's not going to be sustainable when you come off it, you've got no exit plan, which is a lot of people's downfall. How are you going to, you know, they, they don't know how to get back up to maintenance. How do I do that? And, and that's where a lot of people's no, no exit strategy comes in and, and then they flounder. So, um, because they banned all these foods for so long. So, do you know what? You, 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 everything you've spoken about there is, is absolutely spot on. I don't know what you're taking this as. And I had a conversation, I was out with uh, David's training the other day, and we were having a conversation about the terminology that you use around nutrition in general. So, the, the terminology, so there was a few things that I alluded to, and he'd actually said, like, the, I suppose, the kind of bro term of it, which is absolutely normal, and, and people use it all the time. So the first thing was cheat meals. So I, I'm not a fan of cheat meals as a terminology. I, I, I suppose you could use it as a, as a free meal, and the, what I mean by a free meal is uh, it's something that you might enjoy, but you're not cheating on your diet you're just having something that you maybe enjoy so it's a, a a meal off plan but you're not cheating the other thing was bulking i think there's so many negative connotations with the word bulk and bulking because if you said to a woman oh yeah you're in a bulking phase i can tell you right now she wouldn't be best impressed i can tell you that um the, the terminology of a muscle building phase or um, a, a lean muscle building phase that terminology of uh, the way you articulate things would help them understand what they're trying to achieve i think there's a lot of negativity around like bulking and implying that you just eat everything and anything that's in your sight mm. and a diet in general I'd, i've never really been a massive fan of the word diet i think there's a lot of negative connotations of the word diet i, I prefer a nutrition plan because it's it's just mm. a, a nutrition plan that helps i mean diet i always think about a calorie deficit and like weight loss but a nutrition actually, plan it's I, just, yeah no, diet just means what you eat in, in a day you know your own you diet know? is is what you eat in a day so but you see, know, if I said to you, I was on a diet, you would automatically, or like yeah. I'm, I'm saying to a genetic person, you would automatically think I was trying to lose weight. Whereas I if I, I, I agree, isn't that just terminology? So, I, what, what's your kind of like views in that, David? Obviously, coming from a, an outsider point of view, like the word bulking, the word cheat meal, the word dieting, are these terminology that you would say like have stereotypes kind of based around it? Hundred percent. I think you explained it very well there in terms of like bulk, like I don't really think about it that way because you obviously coach people. So that, that probably makes sense for you to understand it that way and look at it that way, especially with your example, I think with women, I don't know if you would agree with that, Helen, that if you said to a woman that they're going to go on yeah. a bulk. Yeah. Even for me, I'd be like, I mean, I'd know what it, I'd know what it meant, but I'd still would be a bit like, Oh, I don't want to get bulky. You know, you automatically go all bulky. I'm going to yeah. get, you know, it's, 
it's, it's, it's what it means to you, isn't it? And generally, most people think that means you're going to get bigger. And for women, that means in, in, in women's heads, it's often you're going to get fatter. It doesn't, you know, so. The only, the only one I, I, I don't necessarily agree with is just you're changing the, you don't like cheap meal. For me, it's, it, there's not really a negative impact on that, saying it's a cheap meal. I, I just think at the end of the day, I know, I know what your point is. I, yeah. I, I totally understand it, but I think there's no nobody's going to look at that as in like that in depth. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Do, do you know what I'm saying? I, I suppose my terminology of cheap meal implies that you're rewarding yourself for staying on plan, and I don't like that that mentality. And the mentality that I, I mean, don't get me yeah, wrong. I, th- I think I, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I think you're trying to create a positive relationship with food. You're not, and as I said to Helen, we're not animals. You don't treat us for like sticking to your plan. And at the end of the day, like sometimes a cheat meal or a free meal or just a meal off plan, going out with your family, going out with your friends, going out and having like a social dinner is great. And do you know what? Sometimes it can really help adherence. Is it cheating on your plan? No, I, I'm not. Maybe, maybe that's up for debate, but I think it's, a, it's a, a really valid point. It all comes back down to that moderation mindset. I think yeah, it just depends and, and on how strict it's going to be as well, though. Exactly. Yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah, like for me, I would prefer looking at it like that. Like, that's a reward for me. Like, yeah. I, I feel like that because I like to be strict with my plan. Okay. No, I see all the stuff you're talking about. I think it's great. Like, my missus would love that. She does loads of the kind of. Don't stop it, swap it. Like, you know, if it's jellies or whatever. The, the, you mentioned them, Helen. What do you call mm. them? The rice, the, the rice cakes. Rice cakes. Yeah. Rice cakes. Yeah. She loves them. I've tasted them before. They're great. I, I actually don't, like, have any of that stuff. I don't have jelly pot. Like, I, I'm just not interested in doing it. Like, because it... But I, like I, you I, said I, earlier, you're really good at adhering to stuff. So yeah, if you're exactly. really good at sticking so to stuff... So that's I mean, I think it's down to, like, yeah. everyone's kind of pressions. Absolutely. No, do you know what? I think we should do a quick recap of the things we've covered on this podcast because I I genuinely think we've covered so much, but I think that a lot of it's extremely good information. So um, the kind of tangible takeaways for, I would say, everyone, and I'm going to go as far to say for for all our uh, young professional listeners, it would be understand what you're eating. So track your calories, understand what your base calories are for maintenance, for surplus, for deficit, and understand what your goal is. If you're going to stick to a goal of being in a deficit, understand that you will feel a bit flatter, you will feel hungrier, and you will obviously lose fat if you're doing it properly, but you will look a wee bit potentially thinner. If you are bulking, or if, and I'm using the terminology to under, let people understand what we're talking about, if you're bulking or if you're in a muscle building phase, uh, understand that you will put on additional body fat. That is very normal to be in a surplus, but it is part of the process of putting on muscle. But stick to a plan. So at least give it 8 to 12 weeks and at least understand what the results are going to be after that period of time. The next thing we're talking about is macronutrients. So understand what the the composition of your plate is going to be like. Um, If you are, like us, talking about fitness and stuff like that, ensuring your protein is high enough. uh, As an absolute minimum, one gram of protein per pound of body weight uh, is a a really good place to start. And I'm not saying that that is the, uh, the, the, the main thing that you need to stick to, but it's a great place to start. And then diet hacks in, in general, trying to volumize your food 
to make the most out of a potentially lower calorie diet if you are in a, um, a weight loss or fat loss phase. And the very final thing we're speaking about is the, the mindset, uh, moderation mindset. So not uh, demonizing foods, uh, e eating foods that you enjoy, uh, finding the balance between uh, the foods you enjoy, but the foods that fit your, your macronutrients and calories. Um, and uh, as um, Helen very rightly said, is um, not um, strictly taking things out of your diet um, because the adherence just won't be there and there won't be any consistency and you won't be able to stick to it uh, longer term. So a lot of really good tangible takeaways there. Again, for anyone that's listening to this that might be in the fitness industry, this is like a basic 101 of uh, nutrition. But for a lot of our listeners, they might not know where to start. And the reality is we're all at that stage at one point. David won't be... Um, won't be at the same level as myself and, and, and Helen but that's not what his goal is and a lot of people might be taking their first steps into the fitness industry uh, and understanding um, their food and nutrition is going to be extremely important so Helen thank you so much for joining us in the podcast today I know we've kind of talked about your your Instagram specifically um, on uh, a number of occasions because you, you've gained a lot of followers recently let's be honest yeah, I have in the last year. Yeah, I think I've gained, yeah, about 1700 or something ridiculous. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, and, uh, in the last so year. Fitness Foodie Wilco. Uh, and uh, tell us for people that, that aren't currently following you and hopefully will be following you uh, as of the end of this podcast, what kind of things they would expect to see on your page? So there's um, lots of um, simple swaps on there of things, like lots of fakeaways um really good um if you, your kind of classic meals diet hacked as well so made really low calorie um supermarket swaps in terms of if you wanted a ready meal so a better option um what i eat if anybody was really bothered about what i eat in a day and wants to see kind of some extra kind of hints and tips um some motivational stuff and generally i try to be as informative as i can on there really um yeah. But there might be a nice a pretty picture of food, but there are a lot of things that most, a lot of things that are on there are like my cakes and bakes as well. They, they, they a lot of people seem to be making a lot of those. So low calorie, obviously. So yeah. But Lots. obviously at the end of the day, you also run a business and for people that would be interested in working with you, um, obviously they would get access to a lot more than what your Instagram followers would get access to. Um, but obviously you're working with a number of clients at the moment. Um, I, I don't know because I know you're, um, you're, you've got a, a big kind of clientele that you, you work with and you, I don't know if you've got space at the moment, but if anyone would be interested in working with Helen, then certainly jump onto her page, drop her a wee message and you'll find out a lot more than you would just on her Instagram because I know she's got a lot of stuff up her sleeve. Um, but yeah, thank you again, Helen. Um, and, thank you for having me. And obviously... We, I know we spoke about it at the very start uh, about you working in education. You've got a nice wee break, summer holidays at the moment. Um, yeah. And I know it's maybe not, not the best time because you might not be going away on holiday, but have a lovely time. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys. Helen. Nice one. So for all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Um, we all know where we can find uh, Helen on Instagram. For every person that leaves a review on our podcast, that is Apple, Spotify, etc., um, leave us a wee comment. Um, it would obviously go down an absolute treat because um, obviously we are trying to scale this podcast as much as possible. 
and uh, the more feedback that you give us, the help it helps us um, obviously scale even further. So if you do take a wee screenshot of it and tag myself and David in it, um, and you'll receive a free coaching call with myself. Um, follow us on Instagram at healthinthehustle.podcast. And as we leave all podcasts, invest in yourself. Thanks, guys.